Public service announcement. I have just temporarily closed the doors to Lifestyle Business School. If you are a current or aspiring expertise-based business that has a business, courses, coaching, masterminds, where you are divorcing your value from your time, or that is the business model that you want, you likely know that Lifestyle Business School is the program that I have been tirelessly working on over the last six months to build out six comprehensive playbooks, which basically lay out the entire path. It has everything from business model design to offer creation, to back-end delivery, to driving traffic, live launch campaigns, automated campaigns, everything you could possibly need to start or grow a leveraged expertise-based business to the lifestyle business sweet spot. Now, never fear because we've only temporarily closed the doors and we have added a wait list. So if you head to lifestylebusiness.school forward slash join, pop your name on the wait list and you are going to be notified when we open up the doors with everything built out, which is super exciting. And all of the exciting changes that we have made to the program as well, which we will share in due course. But in order to get the special VIP bonuses, when we do open the door, I want you to go and pop your name on the wait list now. So that is going to be lifestylebusiness.school forward slash join, put your name on the wait list, and you will be the first to be notified when we open up the doors with everything built out with a lot of exciting changes and with pretty much the best deal under the sun. All right, let's get into today's podcast episode. Hey, I'm Stevie, and in the last few years, I have built a wildly successful seven-figure business selling courses and digital products. If you're looking to create, launch, and scale a flagship digital course, or maybe you already have an online course and you want me to spill my secrets, this is the podcast for you. I believe with Wi-Fi, a little strategy, and someone to show you the way, anything is possible. Let's do this. Want to know more about Launchpad, which is my 12-month high-touch group coaching program where I teach you how to create, launch, and scale your flagship online course? Head to steviesayssocial.com forward slash launchpad now, and I'll give you access to a free training where I break down the entire strategy for a profitable, sustainable online course business, and you'll learn all about the program as well. That's steviesayssocial.com forward slash launchpad. Operational elegance. What an amazing word. I need to trademark it because I talk about it a lot, but not on this podcast. And today I'm going to share how to build the streamlined business behind your online course or program. And a lot of that comes down to a little thing that I have coined operational elegance. It is one thing to build an online course. It is entirely another to build the business behind it. So what am I talking about when I talk about operational elegance? Well, I'm talking about processes. I'm talking about team. I'm talking about finances. I'm talking about standard operating procedures. Uh, I'm talking about all of the things that probably sound really boring, 
but are ultimately the system structure and routine that will set you free. Whilst, you know, you hear that the online gurus talk about an online course giving you freedom and flexibility and yeah, it does like it's leveraged income and that is amazing. The real truth is that the true freedom comes from like the systems, the routines, the operations you build behind it. So that's what we're going to cover in today's podcast episode. So where does the operational side of the business uh, sit in terms of what you need to focus on with your online course or program? Well, let me tell you. (laughs) So the first thing, like when you, you know, decide I'm going to be a course creator or I'm going to create like leveraged digital assets, you need to necessarily focus on Uh, the offer uh, on the uh, actual product, so the course itself, and on the marketing of it, right? So uh, these are all of the things that we help our clients out uh, with inside of Launchpad. They are the first necessary skills that you need to master as a course creator, because if you don't have an offer that converts, then you're well, you've got a a hobby, you don't have a business. Uh, And, you know, that can actually be one of the toughest things to do. Like, especially if you're not well-versed in in building offers, which are completely different to the actual product, it's how you package and position it and all of that good stuff. Uh, Then you need to be able to uh, actually deliver. So you need to create a transformational course and all of the elements that go along with that. Uh, Operations does come into some of that. Um, A lot of that when it comes to an online course is the automation side of operations. Or if you have a course or program that has, you know, higher touch delivery elements like our launch pad, there is more robust operations, I guess, that come into it. Uh, But what I'm talking about is the actual delivery of the product itself. So you need to have that, you know, as one of the first things that you do. And then the third thing is that you need to be able to sell it, right? And so, you know, in the early stages of your course business, that is pretty much your sole focus, right? You need to uh, have an offer and you need to sell the thing, And you need to focus like 90% of your time and attention onto offer creation, selling, and immediate delivery. They are the core fundamentals of a course business. And I actually don't think that it really serves you to focus too much on some of the things that I'm going to talk about in today's podcast episode until you have these things set up because we want to build a business and a a business necessarily needs you to set up uh, and optimize those elements, which is why we work so heavily on this inside of Launchpad, right? So you need to get all of that sorted. Uh, But once you have that set up, uh, things will start to grow, right? So you have the core fundamentals in place. You'll be starting to make consistent uh, sales, And at that point, your focus must necessarily shift. Now, I know for me, and I'm guessing for anyone that is in this position, or maybe you've experienced it, you'll know what I mean when I say that you'll start to feel the pull. And what I mean by the pull is that things will be growing, but they will be starting to feel a little bit chaotic. So you'll be making sales, but you'll be in this kind of flux, I suppose, where you'll be feeling a little bit stressed. You'll be, you know, feeling pulled in multiple different directions. And you might even be wondering like, how on earth am I ever going to scale this thing and reach these big revenues goals that I have without sacrificing my sanity and creating even more operational chaos, right? Because 
In the early days, you must necessarily focus on the marketing and the sales and that immediate delivery and client experience, but there will come a point where, you know, especially when, you know, you start off and you're doing all of this on your own, uh, where you're kind of like, wow, you know, this is growing and it's a little bit chaotic and I need to fill the pull away from just focusing on sales. And I've started to get that set up and hopefully you have, you know, a great conversion rate and a replicable selling system. Um, and you, you will start to need to divert your focus onto operational elegance. And this is actually a difficult time in any business because you need to start to focus on some of the things I'm going to talk about in today's podcast episode. But at the same time, you can't completely drop the ball on the things that are creating the revenue in your business and the client experience in the first place. So you kind of need to have this uh, focus both on maintaining the marketing side and the client experience side and at the same time setting up some of these back-end things. And this is where it can start to feel a little bit crunchy. And, you know, if you get it wrong, quite frankly, you can completely divert your eyes and your focus away from the marketing side. Then that can completely fall down and you start to get the operations side set up and then you need to come back and you've got to, you know, um, build that up. Like know that that kind of crunchy period is completely normal. Uh, and it's a necessary kind of evolution, I suppose, in your course uh, business journey. So what do you do when you start to fill the pool? Now, there are four key systems and operational focuses that you need to focus on in order to achieve the operational elegance in the back end of your business that is ultimately going to give you a lot of freedom and a lot of flexibility, which is ultimately why you started your digital course business for in the first place, right? Now, that doesn't come straight away. Unfortunately, this is why, you know, I say this a lot, but when people talk about Online courses are passive income. They are not. They are upfront work. And actually, the more time and effort that you invest upfront, the more leverage that you actually start to get on the back end. So if you are willing to do the work to set these things up and willing to do the work to set the marketing and the selling system and all of that side of things and the delivery side up well the first time, then you actually start to uh, enjoy more leverage on the back end because you're not, you know, uh, creating these duct tape solutions and you're actually doing it right the first time. And then you really start to enjoy the leverage on the back end. So what are the four systems that you need to have set up for operational elegance inside of your business? Number one is project management and planning. So you need a project management system for managing all of the moving parts inside of your business. And you need a way of planning out the tasks that you're doing on a yearly, quarterly, weekly basis, right? So you need a project management and planning system. You need, so that's number one, you need SOPs, so standard operating procedures and back end systems. So you need to focus heavily on systematizing and streamlining everything that you do more than once inside of your business. So SOPs and back end systems. That is number two. 
Number three is that you need to focus on the financial side of things. So rather than kind of, you know, in the early days, you're like, I just need to get as much revenue in the door as I possibly can. (laughs) You'll start to get to a point, you know, once you're starting to get that revenue with that comes increased business and, you know, increased expenses. And you start to need to get savvier on the numbers side of your business uh, and set up a system for that. So that is number three. And then number four is team and growth. So you need to start to focus on what you can let go of and how you can start to bring other people, whether team or contractors in to start to implement some of the things that are outside of your zone of genius. And you need a system and a process for that. So project planning and management and planning, sorry, uh, SOPs and backend systems, financial forecasting, team and growth. So let's go through each of those four things and what it is that you need in order to um, systematize and achieve that operational elegance on the back end of your business. So number one, in terms of project management and planning. So when it is just you in your business is actually the best time to start to set this up, even if you don't have, you know, it's all inside of your head and, you know, you've just kind of done it all yourself. What I have actually found is that the process of going through and setting up a project management and planning cadence for myself inside of my business was one of the best things to keep me on track and organized and also keep me moving towards the big goals that I have. So what do I mean by project management system? There is a lot of them out there these days. You might have heard of Asana, of ClickUp. So ClickUp is the one that I use and I feel like it is the most robust of all of the different options out there. That can feel a little bit overwhelming when you first go in to use it, but I do feel like it has the capacity to really grow with you. Uh, And what these project management systems basically do is they are a a system in which you can start to input uh, all of the different projects and tasks that you are working on inside of your business into one big, what I call command center. So the way that we have this set up in our business is that we used to use a few different tools. We used to use like Airtable and Notion and ClickUp. And what I have found, and this is just across the board in our entire business, is that simple works better. When you start to have team and, you know, other people come in, they have to learn three different tools. It's a lot harder. Uh, I just want everyone to master ClickUp. And so everything inside of our business is now, if it's not in ClickUp now, it's being moved into ClickUp and it's really the command center for our business. And it is a beautiful thing. And so inside of our ClickUp, we have three different areas. We have a project management area. We have a client management area, which is kind of our uh, client CRM, uh, and we have a systems management area, which is where we keep all of our systems and our processes. Now, inside of our ClickUp, inside of the project management section, uh, we have different uh, departments. So, you know, marketing, operations, delivery, 
And then we have a list of all of the tasks that we do on a daily, weekly, or monthly basis aligned with each of those kind of core elements of our business. Now, all of those, well, a lot of those tasks are recurring tasks, right? So they are the recurring tasks that are required in order to keep each aspect of the business running. So like, for example, with marketing, we have a podcast that goes out every week. And so we have a podcast production process. And P.S., if you want our podcast production process, you can get it inside of Launch a Wildly Successful podcast, which is our course. Uh, There should be a link to the masterclass in the show notes. And yeah, so for example, like with the podcast, we have the podcast process. And then every week, you know, I need to record the podcast. So that is a recurring task. Then someone needs to edit the podcast. So that is a recurring task. And then we need to upload it to Buzzsprout. That is a recurring task. And so all of the like daily, weekly, and monthly tasks that are done inside of the business are inside of ClickUp, inside of our project management area. And then we can start to, and you know, if you're starting out and you're doing this just for you, like you're going to be assigned to every single task. And that can be like super eye-opening because then you're like, whoa, like I actually do a lot here, right? But by operationalizing it like this, you can start to see the things that maybe you may not have to do at one stage or another. And so having all of the tasks in there um, to start off with is the best way to kind of like work out what you're doing on a daily, weekly and monthly basis and um, have it all sitting It's almost like the skeleton of your business, right? These are the things that need to be done in order for it to run. So in addition, inside of our project management area, we also have um, uh, projects. So things that aren't daily, weekly, and monthly tasks. And so that is, we've got a really cool way that we have that set up inside of our ClickUp, but This comes into the second part of project management, which is planning. And we have a system for planning. So every 90 days coming up with like the key things that we're going to be working on, what the big overall like objectives are, and then breaking that up into projects that people are working on and really operationalizing that as well. And so that will give you a really clear picture on what, you know, you have capacity to do. And if you are prioritizing one thing and then something else, you know, pops into your mind that you want to do, you'll have to decide, right, well, am I going to prioritize this new thing or I'm going to keep with the original thing, right? Now, the way that we have that set up inside of our ClickUp is for our daily, weekly, monthly tasks, we have, you know, timeframes against them and, you know, generally they're recurring and, and that's great. For our projects, I used to have dates against things, but what I've found is it's just better for me to see a big list, see what's, you know, to do and see what's completed and just like kind of tap away at them kind of one at a time at a time. So that is uh, one of the first things that I recommend that you have set up. Now, the other thing that I recommend doing inside of your project management system is track your time. So most project management softwares will allow you to do this, but just getting into the habit of tracking your time and seeing where your time goes can be really, really eye-opening in terms of then making decisions later on on things like team and hiring. So that is number one, project management. Now, inside of project management, I also um, put in there, you know, client management and and systems management, but you need to have like a, a command center for your business. 
So number two that you need in order to achieve operational elegance is systems. Now, systems will set you free. Now, if you're from corporate, you might be like, I hate systems. It's the reason why I got out of it. But trust me, having systems gives you structure to your business so that not everything is in your head and so that you can start to build out a roadmap so that it's not just you doing everything inside of your business. Now, if you're like, I don't have any systems or what we call SOPs, standard operating procedures, the way I recommend doing it is just like videoing you doing key things inside of your business and then giving it to like somebody you could literally hire someone on Upwork or, you know, maybe it's your first VA to literally like build out the SOPs and systems from that video with screenshots and things. And you don't need to go overboard here. Like you just need to operationalize the main big things that you're doing inside of your business. And it gets you away from it all being in your head and wondering how you could ever get someone else to do it. But also it gets you away from ever needing to rely on just one human inside of your business and becoming so reliant on one person. Um, When you have systems set up, you can swap out people and literally anyone could come in and complete the SOP. And so That is the ultimate test of an SOP. If somebody can come in and follow it and they don't have any prior uh, context, you know that it's been done well. We actually test this out in our business. We get someone to create the SOP, then we have someone completely different carry out the SOP. And if they've carried it out with no questions, we know that it's then approved and it's active. If they've got questions, then we go in and we clean up the SOP until there's just no room for error. So systems and backend systems, SOPs and backend systems is, it's really like, and it's, this isn't something like it might feel overwhelming when you're like, oh, where do I even start with this? Like, I just started one day and, you know, now, you know, especially with our Launchpad program, for example, we're two years down the track now and we've got two years of systems and procedures and it's all just there. So, you know, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, you just have to start, you have to start one day and it doesn't need to be this big overwhelming thing. And it's like, how am I going to fit this in? You're just doing it in your day to day. And you might look up six or 12 months from now and just be like, wow, I'm so glad that I did that. (laughs) So that's number two. Number three is financial forecasting. So what do I mean by this? Um, Or financial systems, really. So uh, once you are starting to make revenue, like you need to be getting the money in the door, right? And that needs to be your sole focus, making as much of it and, you know, getting as many people in as you can. Like that is the first goal in business. Once you have done that, you need to then become a numbers person. And if somebody says to me, I'm not a numbers person, like, neither, neither. (laughs) Like I was literally, when I was in high school, the only person in my grade 11 and 12 that didn't choose maths as a subject. And I even had like the principal say to me, Stevie, you know, like you're going to need this in life. And I'm like, no, I don't. It's not a prerequisite to study law. And so who's going to need it, right? (laughs) But a few years later, I have a business and it's all about numbers. Like it is just essential that you understand the numbers in your business. Like business is ultimately all about numbers. And like, if you don't understand it, you need to learn to understand it. Like that is the bottom line. Um, Same as like when somebody says, you know, I'm in online courses, but I don't like tech. It's like, well, then you can't have an online business. You need to understand the tech. It's one of those necessary things. And I think for me, like I never used to really understand the numbers and therefore I didn't like it. 
Now that I understand the numbers, I like it. I think there's just like a real block, especially if you tell yourself the story that you're not a numbers person, um, there can be a real block around it. Um, so anyway, you need to have like, I've got a big magic financial spreadsheet that my entire business like lives and dies by. And what that has done for me is I never make like guesses about things like expenses. I never ever feel like I'm going to run out of runway. Um, I can feel confident in making, you know, um, you know, hiring decisions. I can have a level of confidence around, just like managing my money and knowing that I'm going to be okay. And if you're thinking about having something like this for yourself, I think there's probably, well, the way that I do it is that there's three things. You need like a projection spreadsheet. So you need to make projections for, okay, well, how many sales do I think I'm going to make here? Like what are the projections that I'm making for the business? And then you can start to reverse engineer into those numbers. So, you know, you might say, I want to make $100,000. I'm going to need, you know, 30 sales in order to do that. In order to get those 30 sales, I need this number of leads. And then you can start to reverse engineer what you're doing in your business to achieve that rather than just seeing where you land. I think it's a completely different mindset. Um, so projections, the, the big thing with projections though, is that they are ultimately guessing the future. So do you want to guess the future? Yes, because it gives you the uh, roadmap to like really push to get those numbers. Right. And I, and I recommend that you're reasonably ambitious when it comes to those numbers, because it will push you. I know that it does for me, but in addition to that, and, and the other thing with that is that it pushes you, whereas you might just say, Oh, you know, like, we'll just see what happens. Like you really start to be more intentional with what you're doing on a day-to-day basis. Um, so that is your projections. Um, but the big thing to keep in mind with projections is that ultimately they are projections. You can't get too attached to them at the same time. You're guessing the future, right? So you make the projections, you're detached from the outcome. You still go for it. Now that is where the second part of this comes in. You need to report your actuals. So like how many sales are you actually making? How much revenue are you actually making? Um, and like having a clear picture of that, uh, and then also your expenses, like what are your actual expenses, right? And are you keeping within what your projections were or do you need to shift things up and down? So having an actual spreadsheet, having projections and then having actuals. Then the third thing that I have is um, budget and allocations. So I set budgets. Um, so anyone that's familiar with Profit First, like I kind of follow profit first where you kind of give yourself a profit margin first and then you have like budget allocations for other areas of your business so you know operations or marketing so I kind of stick to that but I also feel like profit first can be a bit limiting sometimes if you do want to go through a big growth phase and you do need to invest in order to kind of catch up Um, so I loosely follow it but the point is in terms of finances you need to have like So what I do like on a monthly basis is I will have like percentages that I'm working against for things like, you know, software and then for um, like delivery and for marketing and I'll set money aside. um, So like the pool of money. So like, you know, I've got like an income account. So all of my income goes into that account. 
And then at the end of the month, I clear it out based on my percentages. So like this percentage goes into here, this percentage goes into here. And what that helps me with, especially with a digital course business where it's not like the same revenue every month and we are realizing the income a lot of the time and then we're delivering for the next year. So someone might join Launchpad and they might pay in full, but then we're delivering for the next year. And so what used to happen for me is like I would have these big launches and I'd be like, wow, cool, I've got so much money. And then there would be like smaller months and then I like I would just not manage my expenses spend very well. And so now, like regardless of the month, I'm just pulling out the same percentage so that those percentages and then I just look at like, okay, cool. So what's in my marketing account? And then I know that I've got that to to spend on marketing, basically. So I'm a really visual person, so I like seeing it all set out like that. So um, so yeah, so that so that is really important for me, like having the ability to make the projections, which then informs everything else that you do in the business, um, tracking your actuals, like really like looking at, okay, so what am I actually spending here? Um, and having budgets and allocations. And I do think like doing it this way, like I've never, like I've never really gone into the red, right? Like there's been, um, months where maybe like it's a break even situation. Um, but, like pretty much every month there's been profit that because I've prioritized it that I can put into an account. And, um, yeah, so that's how, so I think that that's, that's number three. <laughs> that is number three. Uh, and so number four is team and growth. All right. So, um, you'll get to a point where you're stretched, right? And, I've spoken about this on another podcast episode, but I do think like team is one of these things where like you kind of just have to walk through the process of learning so many things. It's not like you can hire and suddenly all of your capacity issues are taken away because there is a lot of like personal development that you need to go through. You need to learn the skill of hiring. You need to learn the skill of leadership. Um, You're dealing with the complexity of human emotions, all of the things. So it's not as easy as like, sometimes you hear, like, I think I just was in la la land when people were like, oh, you need to hire and outsource these things, right? There's just so much nuance and complexity to that. But um, I do think that uh, you need to start going on the pathway of doing this because uh, you can't ultimately do it all yourself. I do think that it is possible with our business model to have a lean remote team. And that is something that I am all for, right? Like I don't want to have like a big stressful team and I uh, just, like, I don't want that. And I don't actually think that our business model requires it, but I do think that you can go further by not doing it all yourself. Plus, if you do it all yourself, you ultimately just end up with a job, which, you know, you know, it's yeah. <laughs> so, um, the way that I recommend doing this, and this is why I think a project management system is one of the best things to set up first, is that um, you should have like all of the like tasks that you do inside of your business listed out. And then if you're time tracking, you can start to see like, what are the things that I should be doing? And what are the things that someone else should be doing? Like what is not worthwhile for me to do? Now, I do actually think that it's important to learn the skill of doing most things in a course business yourself first. 
rather than outsourcing it all because you need to learn how to manage people. And I think it's important to outsource with the ability to know what a good solution is rather than just outsourcing a problem. Uh, But I don't think it makes sense to do it forever. And so you'll start to look at, okay, well, where's the value for me here, right? And so maybe it's creating killer curriculum and you shouldn't be the one that is editing and uploading your podcast episodes, right? And so maybe that's something that you can say, okay, cool, this is how much time is being spent on this. Who is going to be the best person to do this for me? And so you can start to break off and outsource different areas of your business. Now, team and and growth and hiring is like a whole thing in itself, but I just want to mention it as one of the things that are important when it comes to operational uh, elegance. Uh, And really then the next thing there is like fleshing out like a really robust hiring process because I think 90% of like the success or otherwise of team is the right person in the first place is what I found. And I feel like a lot of the time you get to the team thing when we're feeling like overwhelmed AF and we're like, okay, you'll do. (laughs) Then you start to realize, no, okay, I've actually like shot myself in the foot here. Um, So having a really robust, you know, hiring process, having really clear like position descriptions and KPIs and making sure that there is an ROI in terms of time or, or monetary return for every person that does something in your business that isn't you. And so uh, together, they are the things that ultimately create operational elegance in your business. So project management and a planning cadence and system within that project management system. Uh, Number two, having systems and SOPs set up to give you like the structure to your business so that it's not all in your head and you're not reliant on one person. Number three is the numbers. So projections, actuals, and then budgets and allocations. So you can make informed decisions rather than guessing. You can start to take informed, uh, not risks, but, uh, you know, jumps in your business, knowing that you're okay. And uh, you can start to look out for the financial well-being of your business for the long term. And team and growth. So looking at ways that it's not you doing everything inside of your business anymore and how to start to build out a lean remote team so that you can go further together. So that is that. Now you can tell that like there's quite a lot in there, right? And so this is the big thing. Like you've really got to focus on this at the right time. I feel like when you're first, you know, getting set up in your business, like don't get sidetracked by trying to have perfect backend systems. Get uh, obsessed with revenue and client experience because they are the two things that are going to give you the sustainable business that allows you to grow so that you can focus on these things later on. But when it is the right time to start to focus on these things, you've got to make sure that you don't take your eye off the ball on the thing that matters the most. And so it can be a crunchy period where you're kind of setting both of these up. So the one thing that I have found is that rather than going all in on the operations side, it's just something that you start to chip away at on the back end over a period of months. And, you know, you'll eventually kind of be like, oh, wow, you know, like I've got most of this set up. And not being too hard on yourself, feeling like, you know, you need to have it all set up at once because sometimes it's just not the most important thing to do inside of your business, even though long term it's so 
oh, oh my God, it's amazing once you have it because, you know, you stop that organizational chaos. You're allowed to, you know, you're able to scale without creating more operational and organizational chaos. And you have that word that I love so much or that term operational elegance, which is ultimately the thing that sets you free. So I hope that today's podcast episode was eye-opening for you. I love talking about this stuff. I feel like it's a whole other skill that I've had to learn after nailing the marketing side inside of my business. And uh, it is, like I said, ultimately the thing that will set you free. I would love to have more of a conversation about this over in DM. You can send me a DM at Stevie Says Social and we can chat over there. And if you enjoyed this episode, please click the little subscribe buttons so that I pop up inside of your podcast app and you don't miss a future episode. All right, guys, until next week, I'll see you then. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. If you've made it this far, hopefully it means you've liked it. Make sure you hit subscribe so that you don't miss future episodes and leave me a quick rating and a review while you're there. I would be so, so grateful. Want to say hi? Head over to Instagram at Stevie Says Social and send me a DM. Till next time.